Welcome back to Hoop Ties. I'm your boy, Amad K. Smith, also known as Akis. Make sure you go like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also go watch on YouTube. Joe L. Embiid. Him Embiid, whatever you want to call him. EVP, whatever you want to call him. But to me, I feel like Joe Embiid, who just dropped his third 50-point performance this season, I feel like it's going to be hard to not give him the MVP. I mean, this is a guy who may arguably be the, the most skilled big man this game has ever seen, this, this league has ever seen. Like, we talk about Hakeem in the post and all his footwork and things of that nature, but Joe and B can do that, but also he can extend out to the perimeter as well and play like a guard. He's seven foot and can play like a guard, score at the second level in the basketball court, can extend it out to the third level as well and shoot the three sometimes. He's averaging 33 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, shooting like, what, 55% from the field? And this is a guy that's not just doing it at the first level of the basketball court. Like, he's a very, very special talent. Like, having back-to-back -back scoring titles as a big man, it's kind of crazy. That's Wilk-like. You know, when we talk about back-to-back -back scoring titles as a big man, that's, that's, that's doing things that Wilk Chamberlain did. And we know the legend that he is. So, Joel B to me, right now, he has to be the MVP. I mean, I feel like he has the best case. I feel like he's deserving of it. And not just that, I think he has to be on the all-NBA team as well. But it's some people out there that's going to feel like, yo, the first team all-NBA um, this year as well. That would be nice. MVP and the, a member of the first team all-NBA this year is something I think he's well, well deserving of. But it's some people that feel like Nikola Jokic deserve it. It's some people that feel like Giannis Antetokounmpo deserve it. All three of these players, modern bigs in this game, have a case. John, Nikola Jokic, I'm sorry, 24 points. 12 rebounds, nine assists, shooting 60% from the field. Everything he's done with the Denver Nuggets, being a point center, being a, a facilitator, you know, finding guys on the basketball court, getting them to their spots. Like, he's one of one. Like, this is the first time we ever had a, a point center this league has ever seen before. And he has his team as the number one seed right now in the Western Conference. That has to mean for something. He's really close to averaging a triple-double, being the first center to average a triple-double in league history. That would be something phenomenal. I don't think he's going to get it because, of course, it's not that many games left. But that being said, I understand it. I understand it, why people feel like he just deserves of a three-time back-to-back since Larry Bird, of course, uh, to be the MVP winner. And then we got Giannis. I feel like Giannis, probably if we're being real about it, you know, I just talked about Joe and B and stuff, but if we're being real about it, Giannis' greatness is starting to get like that LeBron level of greatness where you can make an argument that Giannis has probably been the best basketball player this season, and he's not going to win the MVP. Similar to LeBron, when LeBron was year after year, it's like, damn, it really should go to LeBron, but we want to give it to somebody else. I think that's the treatment we're starting to see with Giannis because Giannis is a, a two-way monster, averaging 31, 12, and 6, 55% from the field. He plays both sides of the ball. He's unstoppable at getting to the realm, and it's just kind of like there's – there's nothing you can do to contain him. Like, he's an engine. He's a tank. And his team is number one right now in the Eastern Conference. So he should get some votes as well, even though I feel like he's not going to get it. But it's tough because we got Joel B, we got Nicole Jokic, we got Giannis Anacupo, three guys, all deserving. But if I had to, if I was a betting man, and I am not, I would put my money on probably Joel B because I feel like the last month and a half, he's done enough to kind of like, overtake Nikola Jokic. And Nikola Jokic has kind of been up and down for a variety of reasons. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's, you know, whatever the case may be. I really don't know. But, like, he hasn't played the, the way Joel Embiid has played this past month and a half. So 
my MVP for this 2022 to 23 NBA regular season, I'm going to have to roll with Joe and B, even though I understand the best player probably this, maybe not this season, but the best player in the NBA in general is probably Giannis to most people. And Giannis really has a case for the MVP. But like I said, he's getting that LeBron type of like, yo, do we really want to keep giving it to Giannis? We know he's great. We know he's phenomenal. It's almost like, yo, if we get him to give it to Giannis again, like we're going to probably look back on it and we're going to probably say the same thing that we said about, that people are saying about LeBron James. Like LeBron James should have like seven MVP awards. When you start really looking at the situation, Giannis Antetokounmpo, even though he's got two, he's probably going to retire with like four because people already right now are saying like, uh, we really don't want to give it to Giannis. So Joe and B, Nikola Jokic, and Giannis, three of the MVP candidates. I'm probably rolling with Joe and B. Some people are rolling with Nikola Jokic. Some people are rolling with Giannis. But what do you think? And coming up on today's show, we have Jay from the Mavs Film Room, another fire guest. We're talking Luka Doncic, of course. We're talking Kyrie Irving. We're talking, is Kyrie Irving going to re-sign with the Dallas Mavericks? Also talking about the legend himself in Dirk Nowitzki. Coming on next. All right, we're back. Another fire episode of Hoop Ties. I'm your host, Ahmad K. Smith. Today, we have Jay from Mavs Film Room joining us. How you doing, man? Good, Ahmad. It's great to be on. How's it going? It's going well. First question I always like to ask, where are you from? I'm from Dallas, so recording from the home base. Dallas, born and raised. Did you grow up a Dallas fan? I did, yeah. They're my favorite team. That's how you got your love for the game, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the 2006 finals. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's crazy you said because I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a Miami Heat fan, so okay, my okay. my feelings towards Dallas is probably not a, like yours. Um, but let's get into no. it. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, um, has just been inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Talk about Dirk Nowitzki and his legacy with the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, he he means everything. I think not only to the Mavericks, but to the city of Dallas, uh, he really put the Mavs on the map. Like, especially if you consider like what they were in the nineties, they were like one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in the eighties, they, they were pretty decent, but that was kind of like when they were first starting out, but nineties were horrible. But towards the end, I think 1998 is when they drafted Dirk and, you know, he put them on the map and made, turn them from like one of the worst teams in the league to like one of the best teams. So, uh, and of course brought the championship in 2011. So, uh, he means everything to Dallas. How do you feel about a lot? I talked to a lot of Dallas of like fans and beat riders and this and that. And a lot of them feel like they would have had more championships if they would have kept Steve Nash and kind of kept that duel together with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think I have to agree with that, right? Like Steve Nash is obviously one of the greatest point guards of all time, two time MVP, you know, when he left Dallas. So, uh, I have to imagine that if he and Dirk got more years together, that they would have won, um, especially considering that Dirk made it to the finals in 06, like, you know, without another all-star teammate. Uh, it's, it's, you can only wonder, like, what they could have done if they, you know, ha- had more years together. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I feel like their their game kind of would have worked really well together, especially in the modern-day NBA when you talk about Steve Nash's passing ability and then both of those guys are pure scorers and pure shooters. So definitely agree. Talk to me about what's going on currently with this Dallas Mavericks season. Like, we saw them trade for Kyrie Irving. 
We saw they were having success before they traded Kyrie Irving. They were like, I think they were like the fifth seed in the Western Conference. Right now, it's looking like, you know, they're probably not even going to make the play-in. So talk to me about what's going on with this Dallas Mavericks roster. Man, it's been, it's been a really tough season. Um, you know, I think losing Jalen Brunson, like, right off the bat was a tough blow. But at the same time, I didn't expect us to be, like, this bad. You know, losing Jalen Hurt, of course, and he was a great player and has, you know, gone on to be amazing for the Knicks. But uh, the reality is, like, you know, we lost a 16-point-per-game guy. Like, not totally irreplaceable, but I just think that maybe last year, like, we definitely overachieved um, relative to, like, who we had on the team. Uh, defensively, like, we were a top-10 unit last year, which I didn't expect. Uh, this year, we've kind of fallen all the way off uh, in that regard. And, you know, I thought that the trade for Kyrie would, you know, help us at least, like, get more talent, at least, like, at the top. Like, I knew that we would be losing depth in that trade, like, with Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. But I just thought when you put two of the most talented players in the league, like Luca and Kyrie together, uh, it can sort of make up for some of the other deficiencies. But obviously, that hasn't been the case. So who would you say, would you... If you can go back in time and you, based on what you saw last year and based on what you see now, would you want as a Dallas Mavericks fan and supporter and also, you know, a guy that analyzes the game for the Dallas Mavericks, would you prefer to have Jalen Brunson from last year or Kyrie Irving? I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd rather have Jalen over Kyrie, but I do think that I would have re-signed uh, Jalen Brunson just because of what he meant to the team, like he had really perfected the role of playing next to Luca. Like Luca's not an easy guy to play next to, as I'm, you know, I'm sure you're aware of. Like just being a ball dominant uh, player, like you know, guys gotta unfortunately uh, be ready to catch the ball at any point, right? You don't have much of a chance to get into rhythm. Uh, but Jalen really perfected that role, and of course, like he was kind of on the same timeline as Luca. Like uh, I think Jalen was maybe a couple years older than Luca, or one year older than Luca. Mm -hmm. Kyrie is like seven or eight years older than Lucas. So mm -hmm. uh, while I do think that overall Kyrie's probably a better player uh, because of everything that he's done in the league, uh, I think keeping Jalen like not only gave you the basketball stuff, but some of the intangibles that made last year's team so great. Right. So now it's been reported. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying because sometimes less is more. And like you said, Luka Doncic can be a kind of a hard guy to play with. And Jalen Brunson kind of masters that role. But as you know, it's always about money especially in the league. And they had an opportunity to kind of lock him up for, I think it was what, like a four-year, 60 or $50 million deal. And now yeah. he went to New York the following season, got it back, which, you know, everything's working out for him with the New York Knicks. But definitely it seems like chemistry-wise, at least Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic and that team from last year just as a unit had more chemistry. Um, but it's been reported recently basically that even though Kyrie Irving, you know, you guys, the Dallas Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving, it's been reported that Kyrie Irving is going to test free agency. How does that make you feel knowing that you guys traded assets to get him and now that even though you guys can offer him a contract extension, and that's what has been reported, Dallas Mavericks are still interested in offering him a contract extension come this offseason. How does it feel to know that that still may not be enough? Uh, I think it has to make you nervous, like in any case. Uh, especially given the Mavericks history with free agency, it's never been good. Um, at the same time, like the logic does make sense. Like from Kyrie's perspective, like he can get more money uh, by being a free agent as opposed to just signing an extension. So uh, I completely understand it from, from his perspective. It's the right business decision. Uh, I'm hopeful that we can, you know, 
keep him uh, because I do think that despite the fact that we've kind of struggled this season, like he does like it here. Like we got, you know, Jason Kidd as a coach, Nico Harrison as the general manager. Like those are two guys that he's had long relationships with. Uh, but obviously like that only counts for so much, right? Like we really do have to sell him on Dallas being like a, a long-term home for him. I agree. I, I, but I feel like there's a lot of people that are saying like, you know, I'm not going to say fans, but just casual people that watch the NBA that they're going to point out to the situation that before Kyrie came on, you guys were winning and then Kyrie came on and now you guys are losing. So how do you, if you're Kyrie Irving, how do you feel about another situation where you're been, being brought on to help Luka Doncic, being brought on to help this team, you know, reach the playoffs and this and that. And now it's another situation where people are blaming Kyrie Irving. Because like you said earlier in the, in the podcast, we know what Luka Doncic and Kyrie can do offensively, but they lost a lot of depth. And I'm looking at this situation with Kyrie Irving as this is a, a player that you're building on for the future, not just right now. Like you want to get Kyrie Irving and then you sign pieces in the offseason. But it seems like, once again, people are trying to blame Kyrie Irving for another team kind of like wet in the bed. Yeah, I mean, it sucks to see that because I think Kyrie has been great uh, since coming to the Mavericks, like both. Uh, on the basketball court as well as like as a teammate and a person I think he's done a great job here uh and you ask any of the guys on the team like they'll all probably say the same thing too uh so I think it's like totally unfair to really blame him uh for the for the struggles that they've had since the trade deadline and I think the reality is that like even before the trade deadline like yeah they were uh they were a better team no doubt like record wise but it's not like they were you know lighting the world on fire either right like right. they were maybe like three, four games over 500. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were the fourth seed, I think, but like like the West has been pretty mediocre this year compared to what we're used to, right? So uh, Luca was obviously one of the guys who really pushed for the trade because um, of how much of a load that he was carrying um, with nobody else really on the roster being able to match him in that regard. So uh, I think you kind of had to make the, the trade for Kyrie. And while they did give up assets, uh, I think it was probably one of the lower packages that you would – probably have to give up for a star of Kyrie's caliber. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Anytime, if you have an opportunity to get Kyrie, I believe you should get Kyrie Irving, especially with all the responsibility that Luka Doncic kind of has on his shoulders. You need another shot creator. You need another guy that can create offense, you know, at will and for himself. And that's something that they lost with Jalen Brunson. So it totally made sense in my opinion. But it's unfortunate that I feel like Kyrie Irving is getting kind of like the blame. But on a brighter note, I want to talk to you about a player – Jalen Hardy, how good can he be? Jaden Hardy, I'm super, Jaden Hardy. Hardy, yeah. Jaden Hardy, yeah. yeah. How good can he be? I'm super excited for him. Like, I think, you know, I'm not a huge draft guy, so I'm mm -hmm. uh, not always following the draft, uh, especially when the Mavericks don't really have, like, a top pick. But Jaden Hardy was one of the few guys that I knew going into the draft last year. Yes, and, sir. Um, it's, it's been great to see his development uh, like from the beginning of the year till now, like, you know, in the beginning of the year, like you could see his talent, but the shots weren't really falling for him. And like, you know, he would turn the ball over. Uh, but now, like when you watch him play, like he looks really polished, especially for a guy who was only like 20, 21 years old. Uh, and now he's capable of scoring 20 on any given night. Like it's really exciting to think about what he can be for the future. It's crazy because once he was kind of projected to be a top five, to top 10 lottery pick last year. And yeah. He fell to the second round because he didn't really have that great of like a season with the, I think the G, well, I, don't, I forgot his team, but he played for the G League. And yeah. basically, I tweeted, 
that he was going to be the replace. It's, it's fine that they let Brunson go because they have this this replacement um, in Hardy. And the more minutes he's got in this year, and the more comfortable, like you said, he's been with the minutes and the chemistry he's developed with those guys. He's looking special. He's a shot creator. He's a hybrid guard that can, you know, score at will. And that's kind of something that I, I at least feel that like the Dallas Mavericks fans should be excited about, um, especially if you potentially you lose. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this, this offseason, Jay. That's not the case. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, actually, Kyrie's been really good for Jaden. I think, like, Jaden mm-hmm. has really, like, raised his level, I think, right around the time that we got Kyrie, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So uh, that's another reason I hope we can keep Kai. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jaden is exactly the type of player we needed, like, getting more shot creators, getting guys who could, like, you know, create their own shot, like, was something that the Mavs really did lack, like even when they had Brunson. So getting a guy like Hardy was huge. And mm-hmm. I think he can play a big role for them next season. I I definitely agree. And I'll, hopefully in the future as well, just special, special talent. Now, Jay, this next segment is called like the truth teller segment. So I'm going to read you a tweet and then you're going to give me your analysis. You're going to say if this guy's a truth teller or she's a truth teller or not. So first cool. up, it says Mavs Marie, the Jason Kidd and Dallas Mavericks have parted ways. Woj bomb. It's going to hit like the best crack you get in your hands on. (laughs) What do you think? Is is she a truth teller or not a truth teller? Look, I I think if uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm kind of a a J-Kid sympathizer. Um, Mm -hmm. I know this has not been like his greatest season as a coach, but uh, I think for all the criticism he deserves for this year, I think he's also got to get credit for what they did last year. Uh, with the top 10 defense and going to the Western Conference Finals. And uh, I also do think if you ask anyone uh, in the Mavs locker room, uh, they'll probably say the exact opposite of what she said. Like um, the communication that he has with Luca and Kyrie um, and just the openness and like guys are willing to play for him or happy to play for him. And I think that's a, a huge positive as a coach because like, you know, you look at who they had as a coach before, like Rick Carlisle, and, and he was great. I mean, he brought a championship to Dallas, but uh, for this generation of players, I do think that being able to connect with your coach uh, and be real with your coach is extremely important, and, and that's what Jake brings to the yeah. team. I definitely agree. I don't think she's a truth teller as well, even though it, <laughs> it does it does concern me a little bit because it seems like every tenure where Jason Kidd goes, he kind of has this run of like a phenomenal first year, subpar second year, and then like third year, it's like, oh shit, like... We need a new coach. Um, hopefully that's not the case with the Dallas Mavericks, but you brought up a good point. I feel like especially in today's generation with these type of players, and especially for young players, you need a coach where it's kind of did it before. And that's what Jason Kidd, he's done. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won a championship. So having a, a coach that can lead and galvanize the troops is very, very special. Um, next, next tweet. Let's see. Oh, this is from... Tim Hardaway Sr. <laughs> this is can- <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the, the trade is crazy because the tweet that I'm about to, to tell you, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it first. The trade wasn't for them. What isn't broken doesn't need to be fixed. They're missing a leader out there. Luca is not a leader. Kyrie is not a leader. Tim Hardaway Sr. This is a crazy tweet to say when your son is on a tweet on the team. I know, man. I saw that this morning, and I was a. Uh, I was kind of shocked, but also Tim Hardaway Sr. does have a reputation for saying, uh, you know, talking crazy every now and then. But uh, I'll have to go, like, not a truth teller just for the just for the thing that kind of I said before, right? Like, um, it's not like the Mavericks were, like, some dominant team before making the trade for Kyrie. 
Uh, so I think it's a swing that you kind of needed to make to add another top level talent to your team. And the one thing I might agree with what he said to an extent is that I think Luca's leadership is an area that he's got to work on a bit. Uh, but with regards to Kyrie, like, again, if you ask like any of the guys on the team, I think they'll probably tell you something different. Like Jaden Hardy uh, has been very complimentary about uh, Kyrie Irving and what he's, you know, how he's helped him. Uh, Maxi Kleva uh, has gone out of his way multiple occasions to talk about how great it is to play with a guy like Kyrie and how encouraging Kai has been uh, for the guys on the team. So I think Kyrie's leadership uh, has come into question in the past, but it's definitely not something that's affected him in Dallas. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think this this person is a, a truth teller either. I feel like those buzzwords kind of get thrown out a lot when we talk about like, oh, players in fear LeBron or players fear Michael Jordan. Or like this player, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his leadership, or he doesn't have leadership. It's kind of like, well, there's different types of leader. You got guys that are very vocal. You got guys that are just a role model type of leaders like Tim Duncan. Maybe that's Luka Doncic. Like how do we know that Luka Doncic is not leading his guys? You know, just because he's maybe not talking or, you know, Kyrie Irving. Like, how do we know he's not trying to leave and galvanize the troops? So the whole leadership stuff is kind of like, I don't know, because it's like you, we really don't know. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I really feel like Tim Hardaway is just probably frustrated, just like most da Dallas Mavs fans. And, you know, he's a yeah. dad as well. His son is on the team. So yeah. probably frustrated about yeah. that as well. Last one. Sure. The kid. Who is, who is this from? Uh, the, t the kid Gooey. The Mavericks have tried to build around Luka Doncic and nothing has worked. He has had shooters, ball handers, unicorns, rim runners, and more. Individually, Luka's one of the best on the planet, but, it's, but is it possible to build around his play style? I believe he has to adjust. That's a lot. Is he a truth teller? I think he's a truth teller um, with the last point that Luka does need to adjust a little bit. Like, I mean, it's tough when you got a player like like Luca, I mean, even James Harden, for that, that matter, kind of had a similar issue where, you know, these are guys who are so good with the ball in their hand. Like, you know, when they got the ball in their hand, something good is going to happen uh, more often than not, right? Like, they're both prolific scorers, great passers. Uh, I think the tough part is, like, what do you do when they give the ball up, right? And so some of that, you know, some of the failures lie on the management in the front office, like not surrounding them with the right players. Uh, and I guess some of it also lies with the players. Like in this case, Luca. like um, when he does give the ball up to someone like Kyrie, right? Like, what do you do after that? Are you just standing around or can you at least like, you know, move around off the ball uh, and try and get open? Because, you know, even when you don't have the ball in your hand, when you're super talented like that, the defense still has to respect you. Uh, so I do think that's a conversation they'll have this off season. And if they can keep Kyrie, then they really do have like, you know, a full off season to try and figure that out and, you know, come out firing next year. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing about Luka Doncic. It's like he's a, a, a ball-dominant player, and when you talk about he gives the ball up to a Kyrie Irving, what is he doing? It's just like he's just standing there. Now he needs to relocate. He needs to move to the corner. He needs to do something, maybe cut. I don't know, maybe you put Luka in the, the, the pick and roll sometimes. I don't know. But I think that's that's up to, like, kind of the – like you said, the front office and the coaching staff to kind of figure out how do you best utilize – Luka Doncic. So I, I feel like this person is like half truth, yeah. like half half not truth. Um, because who do you, who how do you how do you feel who, like what players would you want to see around Luka Doncic? Like how do you build around Luka? Like if you can just we got Kyrie. Let's say we keep Kyrie going forward next year. Like who are the, the players or who are the pieces? Maybe not players, but like the pieces that you pair around Luka and Kyrie. 
Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, when you have two guys like Luka and Kyrie, like, you know your offense is going to be elite, right? Like, two of the greatest scorers in the game. Uh, but defensively, that I wouldn't say that's either of their strengths, right? So, uh, you do need some, you know, some some dogs defensively around them, like uh, three and D wings, I guess. And if they can yeah. create their own shot, like, that's a bonus. I think you definitely need, like, a true rim protector. Um, I feel like for the last few years, the Mavs have tried to, you know, BS that position of of the floor and try to get guys who, you know, are like stretch fives and play this five out style. But I, I think like this summer, like you should just try and get like a big dude that can get that can stay in the paint, block shots, get rebounds and don't and don't get pushed around. Um, I think that's another position that they really badly need. Yeah, I mean, they have Ch- Ch- JaVale, right, McGee? I mean, he's not really yeah. playing too much. Um, you know, Christian Wood is another player where he can give you offense, but defense, he's yeah, he's a snail on the court. It seems like um, I definitely agree. They need some some wings, some three and D guys. To be honest, they kind of have to build out. Especially you keep Kyrie Irving, you have to kind of build out the roster. You mentioned James Harden, similar to those Houston Rockets with James Harden. They had that's how you have success with Luka Doncic because you know basically they're the same type of player. Even though I would say yeah. James Harden is a little bit more like his floor raising ability and just selling ability. I think it's a little higher than Luca. Um, but you know, Luca's still young, but you need players. What did James Harden have? He had Chris Paul, he had Clint Capella, he had PJ Tucker, Trevor Ariza, and then he had Gerald Green coming off the bench. Like those teams were like, that's like the perfect type of combination yeah. around his skill set. So I feel like that's kind of what Luca Doncic needs. Players like that. He are we got Kyrie now. Kyrie is for the future. Now we got to build around Luca and Kyrie if they can keep Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think like try to get guys who are not so one dimensional. Like you know, Bullock, that archetype is like a good player, but someone ideally who's younger, more athletic, mm-hmm. uh, can you know at least play off the bounce a bit. Um, and yeah, just more talent in general. And I think like once they acquired Kyrie, like they really you know moved in a different direction. So I think a lot of the guys that they've had on the team now, I'm not sure if they have a place going forward. Yeah. It's a lot of those guys is probably not going to be there um, next year, yeah. especially if Kyrie returns as well. All right. So this yeah. next segment is like, say it with your chest. I'm going to say a word. You're going to say the first thing that comes to your mind or some analysis behind it. So most overrated player in the league today. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. Most overrated player in the league. Damn. I'm trying to... I say with your chest, whatever is the first thing, person, player that comes to your mind. I hate I hate to say this, but probably Damian Lillard, I think. Like, just... Uh, <laughs> he's an amazing... He's an amazing scorer, but I think defensively, he's just uh, almost gives it up completely on the other end, and it's probably been one of the reasons why they haven't been uh, successful with him as the, the leader there. Oh, wow. That's... That's 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 a player I did not see you you saying that's 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 heavy Jay you Damian Lillard you think Damian Lillard's the most overrated player in the league because of defense that's a hard that's a hard that's a hard thing to say especially Jay when you know your best player is probably that, uh, one of the worst sure, defensive right? players <laughs> this league has ever seen in Luka Doncic hey, so talking about hey, that defense crossed my mind too like I I hope that you know Luka can improve on defense because otherwise like I know I'm gonna be eating my words on that one. <laughs> um, so why do you why do you feel like Dame is is it strictly his defense or do you feel like he can't be the the best I guess the number one on the championship caliber team and he's kind of been doing that with the Blazers for so long and he it's like 
Is that why you feel that way or what? Is it more? I think it's it's mainly his defense, and a lot of it is not necessarily his fault. He's just like a smaller guard, right? So um, it's tough, especially in the wing-dominated league that, that you know, that we play in today, right? Uh, he's, again, like an amazing offensive talent, but I just think that because of his size, um, and maybe, I don't know how much of it is his effort, but his size is a big part of it that uh, I feel like it's tough for him to really be the, you know, true number one on a championship team. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, I I get it. I know his defense, but you can say the same thing about Stephen Curry. You can say the same thing about Trey Young. I mean, but just like you said, they're they're smaller guards. I think it's I – I, I tend to give small guards a – the benefit of doubt compared to wings. Like, look at 6'8". You know what I'm saying? When you're 6'6 yeah. six, six and up and not playing defense, I think it's a little bit different than, like, a guard that's 6'3", between 6'0 to 6'3", not playing defense. Um, it's a little it's a little bit more different. But, I mean, I, I dig it. I respect it. It's, it's say it with, you, with your chest. Um, Jaylen, I'm going to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Brunson. Winner. I think that's the word that comes to mind for me and for a lot of people. Like, he won in high school. Like, he won in college. He was a winning player for the Mavericks, and now he went to the Knicks and uh, turned that team around, like, almost single-handedly. Like, they're in the playoffs now. They're way better than they were last year. Uh, he's just, like, a, a winner and a professional. Yeah, I know we just talked about them. You, we had a, you know, you thought Dane was overrated. But the legit argument can be made that, like, the most underrated player in the league is Jalen Brunson. I mean, like, he he should be up for most improved. I know people want to talk about Laurie Marketing, but Jalen Brunson, like you said, he went to the New York Knicks. He's their lead guard for the future. He's going to be starting with the Knicks for a very, very long time. And also, he's a you know, legit argument can be made that he's, you know, sometimes, some nights, he looks like their best player. And he just plays the right way. Like, he doesn't, he's not flashy. He gets to his spots. Um, his, his floater, the spin moves. Like, you know, he just plays the right way. Very simple makes the right pass, you know, high basketball IQ player. So I, I like that. Um, but next one, the three best shooters of all time. Three best shooters of all time. I think number one, you got to go with Steph. Um, mm. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like he's the all-time leader in three-pointers made. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, whenever you watch him, like there's always fear in your heart if you're the opponent when he rises up for a shot. Um, I think Ray Allen – is up there for me as well. Uh, you know, I mean, his body of work is pretty crazy too with like the clutch shots that he's hit and of mm -hmm. course the volume that he has. Uh, number three, uh, I think I'll have to go Reggie Miller on that one. Uh, right. Like, you know, he was probably Steph before Steph, right? Um, and just like a guy that can pull up from anywhere, uh, get any shot off and, and hit it with a high level of accuracy. So I think those are my top three. Yeah, I'm not really mad at those first two. I agree for his top three shooters of all time. I look at shooting in five parts, pureness, shot creation, gravity on the court, clutch shot-making ability, and also distance. So Stephen Curry, of course, he's all five. Then we got Ray Allen. He's probably four out of five, if not five out of five. But it's crazy. The next person I'm going to say is a person that we just talked about that you're not really. I was going to say. I was going to say that is, too. <laughs> is Damian? Is Damian Lillard? I think Dame yeah. is has to be a top three shooter all time because he he can shoot it from distance. He's the greatest long distance shooter this league has ever seen. And plus, like he creates off the dribble with his shooting as well. So and he can you know pure and he's clutch. So those are my three. When we talk about the top three shooters all time, it's Curry. It's Ray Allen and it's Dame. Um, but final question I have for you. 
who are your three favorite Mavs players of all time? Well, Dirk's number one uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. I think he was the guy who made me, you know, love the game of basketball uh, and obviously like the greatest Maverick of all time. Number two, probably got to go with Luca just because I think, uh, you know, he's like an incredible talent, plays for my favorite team. Um, I think he's shown that he can be the best player on a championship team when fully locked in. So I'm hoping that we see that version of him more going forward. Uh, and number three, I think I'll probably have to say Jason Terry because uh, he mm. was a big part of those Dirk teams as well. Uh, another one of the most, I think, underrated shooters um, in league history, honestly, like a uh, very clutch player. Um, like a lot of times, like it was Dirk and Jed in the two-man game, like in the clutch, and both those guys were capable of hitting big shots. So uh, I think those are my top three guys. I'm not mad. Some 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 Jason Terry respect. Jason Terry was the Jet. <laughs> I mean, like you said, clutch shooting ability and also just a guy that was very, very underrated. Like one of the best like six mans this league has ever seen. I, I feel like people don't really talk about the Jet that much, which is crazy. When you think yeah, no. That. Yeah, I think like he played kind of a long time ago at this point. But mm-hmm. when he was with the Mavericks, like he was their number two option and, and probably didn't get enough, get enough credit he than he deserved. Because like, you know, he didn't make any all-star teams or anything like that. But he was a guy that you could count on to score 20 points on any given night and back up Dirk in, in the scoring. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. But, Jay, I appreciate you for coming on. Any last words you want to say to the Hoop Ties family? A uh, couple. One, I'm sorry about my most overrated player. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do like Damian Lillard. I, I just uh, – I think hopefully my reasoning makes a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. But um, appreciate you having me on, Ahmad. Great talking to you. And I uh, just want to plug my, my stuff. Uh, so, I, you know – I run uh, the Mass Film Room podcast, me and, and a couple other guys. I just got to shout out Vinay, Fazel, and Rohan. Um, and yeah, if you're a Mass fan or a basketball fan, uh, check us out on Twitter at Mass Film Room. Uh, we got a podcast that we do uh, once or twice a week um, about, you know, math stuff. So would appreciate that if you checked it out. And uh, hope to be back on here sometime when the Mavs are better. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Jay from the Mass Film Room. That's another fire episode of Hoop Ties, and we're going. Peace. Thank you.